Welcome to the Science Podcast. Um, I'm here with Mr. Atkinson. Good morning, everyone. And uh, we're here to talk about, we're going to talk about um, misconceptions in science, things that aren't quite right this morning. So, Mr. Atkinson. That people think are right. It's amazing how many things people just say in society that people think are true and they're absolute rubbish. Yeah, there's no basis whatsoever. Um, Like, for example, um, if you put dock leaves on a nettle sting, Oh, yeah. There's a neutralisation reaction there, but it isn't. It's just there's a soothing effect from the dock leaves, but there's no actual neutralisation reaction. It's, oh, okay. it's a bit more complicated than that. Okay, I've heard that one, but I never, I've never looked into it. No, yeah, that one doesn't work. I must admit, I have used that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's obviously so it just soothes the pain. It's not actually yeah. doing anything chemically. Not really. No. It's neutralised. No. There we go. There's some soothing effect, I think. And similarly with your bee stings or wasp stings, and you, you neutralise them. Yeah. So ammonia on a bee sting, vinegar on a wasp sting. Utter nonsense. No? Yeah. That's there we go. Yeah, we put it in chemistry each year as uh, examples of neutralisation. Huh. Yeah, there are acids in wasps and bee stings, but uh, no, it's not It's not that kind of thing. But it's not as, it's not as say as that? No, no, no. There you go. Yeah. Come? I've, I've actually found a few physics ones that are interesting. Mm. Some of them are a bit ambiguous because there is a bit of interpretation. So, so starting off with what goes up must come down. And, and well, that sounds like it must be true. Sure, like yeah. you throw something up. Anybody plays any ball sports, really? The the shuttlecock, the ball comes down again. So. It does. But here's the idea. So, <laughs> what if you could kick a ball and it got really, really fast? There's a speed that you could kick or throw anything, and it would never come back to earth. Uh-huh. Because as, and this is something that you would yeah. look at. How fast are we talking? We're talking professional football or fast or? Unfortunately, we're not talking about anything natural without the aid of machines. But uh, there's a speed that you can throw something uh, called escape velocity, uh-huh. and it's something that you would look at at advanced higher physics. Uh, and essentially, if you travel at that speed, you are overcoming. You're not cancelling out, but you are overcoming the rate at which gravitational attraction draws you towards the centre of the Earth. Now, that would have to be something that had a form of propulsion. Is that right? Because it couldn't slow down, could it? It'd have to keep going. So if you... If it accelerates to the point where it's no longer in Earth's atmosphere, oh, right. yeah, yeah. then there's nothing to there's no friction. Yeah, there's no force that can slow it down. So as long as you get past all that, it'll just keep going. And that's the the space station, for example, it doesn't need any propulsion to keep in its movement because it's already moving. It's constantly falling. I'm missing it. the Earth. Constantly falling. But the rate that it falls toward, and we say, when we say falls, moves towards the centre of the Earth, that is not any larger than the rate that it moves around the Earth, so it stays at roughly the same height. You know, I think uh, Douglas Adams, who wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, he talked about the secret of flying. Now, this is brilliant. I love his books. Don't fall. <laughs> no. He says you throw yourself at the ground and miss. That's not bad. Which is pretty good, isn't yeah. it? I mean, please don't throw yourself at the ground from any height because you won't miss. Doesn't end well. <laughs> no. Not unless you're in space to begin with. But it works out at 11.2 kilometres a second. Uh, it depends on the mass of the planet that you're attracted to yeah. and its radius, essentially how much stuff, quote-unquote, there is in that object. Oh, that's fast. 11.2 kilometres per yeah. second. It's about from Falkirk to Glasgow in about five seconds. Right. That's how fast. But there's five objects in the history of the space programme. Scott Rail, you've got that. something to aim for. <laughs> five objects in the history of space travel that have achieved that speed. There's Voyager, 
1, Voyager 2, Pioneer 10, Pioneer 11, and New Horizons. All of those are uh, exploring the outer solar Earth system. Reaches. Yeah. And they will never, ne they'll never come back to Earth. Never. Can. So they went up, but they will never come down. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. That's <laughs> it. They're gone. They're gone forever. Right, what else have we got? <coughs> so I like, um, I've heard a lot of people talking about Polaris, the brightest star in the sky. You heard uh, that one? No, no, no. So, so the North Star is not the brightest star in the sky. It's not even in the top ten. Do you know, ten. I have heard that one. Yeah. Yes. It's not in the top ten. Really? Not in the top ten? Not in the top twenty. Thirty. <laughs> Uh, Polaris, which is the North Star, is the 49th brightest right. star in the sky. So then, because that was the one used for navigation. Yep. So you'd find the brightest star, which would be the North Star, obviously not the North Star yep. anymore. The brightest star, star, star is Sirius, by the way, after him the character Sirius Black in Harry Potter. All those bad guys were yeah. named after stars. Uh, Bellatrix Lestrange, she's another one. She was a star. So talking about, so how, how did the North Star become to be the North Star which people used in ages ago for navigation when they were... So they obviously figured out that relative to what they were seeing over a period of time, it doesn't move. Which is another falsity because the North Star <laughs> does actually move. Uh, it, just, it just so happens that it takes thousands and thousands of years for it to move to any sort of measurable degree. Yeah, so the resolution. There's so lots of things about resolution, aren't there? Uh, so yes. more, it's more or less in the one place. Right. But before that, it was another... Oh, crikey, what was it called now? It'll come back to me. There was another star before that, thousands of years ago, which used to be the North Star. Right, yeah, yeah. And in a couple of thousand years, it'll change to be something else. Because it does, it does move. There is precession. Right. So it's not always in the same place. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, science uncovers things and uh, makes us see a form of truth. Yep. Doesn't it? It's just a constant search, yes. isn't it? But practically, you can get by with a lot of things, but uh, without knowing the underlying truth. Mm -hmm. But you'll be okay for most things. Because we're just a blip. We're just a blip. In that, in that time scale. So is there anything else we should talk about in common, common uh, usage that is not true? Uh, let's well, we've got the zero G. Zero G is because obviously the people in the in the space True. station they're not in zero G, are they? You're never in zero G. You're always attracted to something. You're always attracted I to mean, something. Even like what what keeps the planet like Uranus in the far the far yeah. edges of our solar system. That's still in orbit around the sun. So you wonder if there's a point either in our solar system that has the lowest G then as close to zero G as possible, like getting as close to absolute zero, because you can never reach to absolute zero no. when atoms, well, I think, collapse. The only thing that you could say with regards to z experiencing zero G, there is, in theory, a position between objects yeah. where the net force is zero, and that's something else that you look at. Oh, that's higher. a different thing, isn't it? Because obviously if you're between, yeah, then you've got an equal pull on each side. Exactly. And it's not obviously, you're not right in the middle, the geometric middle, because planets are bigger than others, they have a different gravitational pull, so you have to work out whereabouts, how far between A and B are you, depending yeah. on the radius. And right. You know, on a different says, and I don't want to bring the tone down, but I was watching, there's something on um, that popped up on Twitter that was about mask wearing. Oh, okay. So some renegades who are talking about uh, you can't keep a fart in your trousers. And that was their argument for not wearing masks. Because basically a smell will go through fabric diffuse. and diffuse. Yeah. Now, that seems to me astonishing that they'd use that as a, um, an argument against wearing a mask. you any thoughts on that? 
You can see the parallels. <laughs> if you're talking about a gas here, remember it. <laughs> yeah, the gas is coming through, but you think of a virus particle being much, much bigger than yeah. a smell. Well, this is it. Like the smell could be, for example, hydrogen sulfide, um, something like that. A very small molecule, one or you know, a few atoms joined together, or maybe even longer, tens of atoms. Mm. But the virus particle you think is much, much bigger. And should it even go through the, the, the fabric, it's not going to travel very far. It's not going to diffuse through a room, as far as I'm aware. So the argument is totally wrong. And because if we're sticking to that argument, if someone farts in the corner of a room, there's no guarantee that the person on the opposite corner can smell it. <laughs> no. So there we go. <laughs> so it's just... Masks I did, did think it's astonishing that the, the fact that it seems like a common-sense argument, but yeah. is utterly rubbish. There might be other arguments against mask wearing, but I don't think that is one of them. That's just the Dunning-Kruger effect, isn't it? <laughs> what? That's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger. The, 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 the false confidence you get when you know little about something. Yes. And then as soon as you learn more, you start to realise, holy moly, there's so much I don't know about. Yes. Uh, and that's probably the, that's the most important thing about school, is to stimulate an interest in something that you want to learn more about it, because we can't so, teach everything. No. There's um, so much to the world. So moving on to, perhaps we've, there's a few misconceptions in, in common usage, but what about school misconceptions? Because commonly you hear um, kids in science, maybe not in other subjects, it'd be interesting to hear that, but in science saying, hold on, hold on. You said last year that, for example, the atom, <laughs> the, atom the atom only has you know, three or four energy levels, and now you're telling me it's got all these other different subshells. So what can we do with that? I think it comes to the realise the acceptance that you know learning is a process that develops over the course of our lives, and we are not mentally mature enough at certain ages to go so deep. That is such a good way of putting it. Isn't it? Well, thank you. It really is because another you have to one. Start small. Another one is the cell, the biological cell. So you have the animal cell as the nucleus, the cytoplasm, and the cell membrane. And then obviously, you know, National 5 biology, higher biology gets incrementally more complicated as you add more features. Cytoplasm's just a, an ocean of loads of other stuff. Uh, but it's not really a lie, is it? We're not telling lies in the first few no, years. Or just National not telling five or the whole truth. We're not telling the whole story. And that's, that's one of the beautiful things about science, is the story never ends. Max Planck famously was told not to go into physics because it's a dead subject. And he shouldn't. There's no more to learn in physics. Look how wrong that was. I mean, all this stuff to learn. Even, I mean, even like Peter Higgs, who only in the last couple of years got the Nobel Prize for yeah. what we call the Higgs boson, he came up with that idea decades ago. Yes. It's just the technology didn't exist to actually discover it. Kit Thorne, a guy who, again, in the last few years, Nobel Prize for discovering gravitational waves, came up with the theory years ago, but only now is the technology sufficient to discover these things. It's phenomenal, and that's another thing, isn't it? It's about people have to be receptive and ready for the right ideas in some yeah. cases. They could be a genius idea, but just at the wrong time. Look at Mendeleev. I mean, he didn't discover all the elements. <laughs> no, he didn't. But he figured <laughs> out, hmm, maybe something goes right there. Maybe something goes right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good chat this morning. Very interesting. Thank you very much. And in typical fashion, that's only just the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg. So much more to learn. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your learning, folks. <laughs> yes. Right, I'll chat to you later on. Cheers.